Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Right, okay. Uh, it's a bit quiet this morning, isn't it? It's a bit, uh, it must be the Sunday of the, uh, the, the summer, everyone's on holiday. Welcome. Uh, if it's your first time, great to see you. Uh, if, it's, if it's your first time, don't make it your last time. But uh, good to be here this morning. Um, over the summer, we've been in a series uh, called Sidekicks. Um, and sidekicks are the people who support the hero, aren't they, really? Uh, you know, Batman and Robin, and that's probably about it that I can think of, really, right now. But uh, the sidekick supports the main star. Um, and we've looked at different characters. Anyone remember any of the characters we've looked at? You know, see if you've been listening. Oh, Joshua. Okay, it was Joshua and Caleb, wasn't it? Caleb was Joshua's sidekick. Go on. Barnabas was Mr. Encouragement. We learned from Barnabas that Mr. Encouragement, you know, we've got to build one another up. Silas, last week, choose joy. Even in the darkest of prison cells, even in the darkest of places, we're called to choose to fix our eyes on the one that's in there with us. And... There's definitely another one. Aaron. Aaron was the one who actually doesn't get a lot of credit, but does pretty much everything that Moses does. And yet, actually, we know Moses far more than Aaron. And uh, it's not about being centre stage. It's about supporting one another. And so we come to the end, really, of this series. So we've got a couple of visitors coming next week and the week after uh, to share. And I've given them a free choice. They know what the theme is, so they may well choose to stick along it. But um, they've got a free choice of speaking on what they uh, feel God is saying to us. But um, these chairs you sat on are comfy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Put your hand up if you like the chairs. Helen's hands, straight up. No, it wasn't straight up. I thought hers had been the first one. You know, chairs, armchairs. Who likes a good armchair? Yeah, okay, good armchair. Sit, sit and relax into the armchair. And uh, you've heard of armchair fans. They're not people who like DFS, okay? Armchair fans are people who sit at home and criticise or cheer on without actually really putting any effort in, don't they? You know, a football fan these days, you can sit at home, you don't have to pay for a ticket, you can pause the game for a drink, you can have a comfort break, you know, you can go to the bathroom. And uh, some people prefer being armchair fans because it costs less, it's warmer, doesn't involve any travelling, no hassle. It's good being an armchair fan, maybe. Actually, you know, even now, people can go to the cinema and watch the bands that they like, yeah? You don't even have to go to a concert. You can go to your local cinema and watch Take That if you're really into it. Or Westlife, I think, are coming soon. Um, Cliff Richard was on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Lizzie's shaking her head and nodding her head. Yeah, very good. But, you know, armchair supporters will never be completely respected or rewarded. <laughs> armchair supporters will never really receive the full experience to those that travel and go all in, will they? Yeah? They'll never have that same buzz They'll never have that same feeling of being a part of something if we're just sat in an armchair watching from home, you know? This morning, for example, you could have, you could have been an armchair fan of church. You could have sat at home in your favourite chair. I shouldn't say this because some of you might choose to do it in a few weeks, okay? 
You could have sat at home in your favourite chair. You could have put some really top-quality worship music on and, and worshipped with the, the, your favourite singers. Um, you could have listened to a podcast of some great sermon on, you know, online of someone far more qualified and, and, and better and, and, and more humorous than, than here. You could have done all that from a home. But, you know, if you don't turn up, you might miss something amazing. If you just stay in your chair, then actually you're not really much of a sidekick. You're an armchair sidekick. And as we finish this series, the sidekick today I want to talk about is us, you and me. We are called to be sidekicks. We're not called to be armchair sidekicks. You know, some of you might go to see a gig, a concert, and there's always a support act, isn't there? Yeah? I always feel sorry for the support act because quite often some people say, oh, well, we won't get there till 9 o'clock because we don't want to listen to them. We've not paid to see them, so we're not bothered about them. And so they don't turn up until the main event comes. Or they turn up and then they talk all the way through. Some poor person is stood on a stage singing songs they poured their heart out into and worked hard to write. And there's a load of people in the audience just having a chat. Disheartening. But actually we're called to be support acts to the main event. We are called this morning to be support acts to the king. Not Elvis. Okay, the king of kings. We're called to be his support. We're called to be the church, not just come to church. And the support acts to the main event might mean it costs us. So this morning, we're going to look at what Jesus said to many people. His manifesto for being a sidekick. His words 2,000 years ago that actually were to you and me today. And so we're going to look in the message version this morning a few bits of the Sermon on the Mount. There were thousands there that were interested in supporting Jesus. But we know that initially there was only a small number who actually went all in and didn't just sit on a hillside, but walked with him and met with him and talked with him. So, without going on too much more, Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at a few chunks of Matthew chapter 7, which is the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus shared with thousands of people and talking about what it means to be a sidekick. Verses, verses 1 to 5 says this in the message version. If you haven't got the message version, the words should come up on the screen. There we go. Well done, Oge. Don't pick on people. This is Jesus speaking. Don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Anyone want the same treatment? No, I don't think so. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. You know, I've been involved in several plays in my life. I don't think I'm an actor or a thespian or anything like that. 
I played Dr. Watson in a Sherlock Holmes murder mystery at school. I was Mr. Bumble in Oliver, you know. One boy, boy for sale, he's going cheap. Anyway, I was a pirate in The Pirate of Penzance and a few other different things. But my brother wasn't known for his acting. I can remember he played a bridesmaid once in Capalia, I think it was. But the only other time I remember my brother acting was in a, a play did at school where it was set on a pirate ship. And his line, his big moment, and I think I've probably shared this many years ago, his big moment was to run on the stage as a servant to the captain of the ship. And it obviously said, sound out of breath. And his line was, Captain Chain, sir, Captain Chain, sir. That was it. That's all he had to do. Captain Chain, sir, Captain Chain, sir. And he had to sound out of breath. So on the night, my brother ran on the stage and went, Captain Chain, sir. Captain Chain, sir. <laughs> I don't think he was ever going to win any Oscars. But the first thing about being a sidekick that we need to notice today that Jesus says to us, it's not an act. It's not about an act. It's not about what you do and say when people are watching. It's about who you are when only he sees. He says in that, don't act holier than thou. Don't pretend to be this super spiritual person. Don't pretend you've got it all sorted. Live your part. Don't act your part. Live your part. I think I've said before, Daniel Day-Lewis is a very famous method actor. He takes on his roles and he lives the part for six months or so beforehand. So he becomes the character. We're not talking about pretending here. We're talking about living day by day for the king. If you want to be a sidekick, a support to the king of kings, this morning, it isn't an act. It's not just for Sundays. It's not just in front of a crowd. But it's when there's just the audience of one. When it's just the audience of one. Who are we? Who are we? You know, in our house when it was being built, we had to get three big RSJs. I didn't know what an RSJ was before we built our house. I do now. It's a big metal girder so that we could put a floor in. And those big metal girders mean that we can run around, jump around, and, and do what we want on the floor and put furniture in, and the, the floor will not collapse. Hopefully. Hopefully. Pretty much. You know, those supports are there 24-7. We don't just have RSJs in our house on a Sunday morning. Because if we did, we'd only be able to spend an hour and a half in our house on a Sunday morning, then the rest of the time we'd have to just go somewhere else. Because the support is important. The support is vital. You know, they don't pretend to be supports. Those big metal girders don't pretend to be supports. They don't pretend to be there. They are there. They are there permanently. They are linked, not only on their own, they are linked to other parts of the structure of the house that make them dependable. They make them committed. They are 24-7 available to keep the house standing. So as I read this, my question to myself and to you is, how are we at being dependable supports? How good are we as RSJs? Are we just Sunday morning RSJs? Or are we actually going to be that 24-7? Yeah, we've just sung <laughs> whatever the cost. 
And yet so often we forget the words we sing and hear as we walk out the door. Second thing in that first section is don't jump on other people's failures. Don't jump on other people's failures. We love sometimes, don't we, to see people go wrong. Who likes watching an episode of You've Been Framed? No? No? Don't just smile. There's a few hands up being honest. You've Been Framed, you know, it's hilarious sometimes. It is good, isn't it? You know, watching other people fall flat on the backside. Emily's shaking her head because she's holier than thou. Don't act holier than thou. It says that in Jesus' words. Okay? You've Been Framed has been going for years because people like to see other people fall flat on their face and laugh about it. Fair enough, the people who are falling flat on their face have sent the video in, so they're quite happy to share their misfortune. But so often, we love to see somebody else get it wrong, don't we? We do. But actually, Jesus says, don't jump on other people's failures. Don't criticize others because it has a way of coming back to you. It has a way of coming back to you. Um, I know somebody pointed out to me once Gordon Ramsay's Twitter. Anyone a big fan of Gordon Ramsay the cook? Yeah? People were sending him their dishes and he, in order for him to absolutely savage them in public. They were sending pictures of their tea and saying, Gordon, what do you think of this? And he would say things like, that looks like my granddad's knee replacement. You know? I don't know why, but he would just come out with stuff. And people loved following it because they wanted to see other people get savaged, other people get put down. And that is the world we live in, where we like to see other people fail. Jesus says, no. Support one another. Build one another up. Encourage one another. Lift them. Praise them for their good points. Ignore some of the bad points maybe, but praise them for the good points. Because I think one of the reasons we like to see people make mistakes is it makes us feel better about our problems. Because always, all of a sudden we can go, well, at least I'm not like that. Yeah? I think that's why we do it. It makes us feel high and mighty and a little bit holier than thou. Jesus says, don't act holier than thou. Live it. And what are we to live? We're to live love. We're to live love. We're to live encouragement. Jesus says, don't jump on other people's failures. Deal with our own problems. Then we may be fit to offer a washcloth to somebody else. Deal with the smudge on your own face and then you might be able to offer a washcloth. Now, when I hear that picture that Jesus uses, I think, well, that still involves a little bit of sorting out. You know, deal with your own face. Then you can go, oh, you've got a dirty one, Barry. I'll, I'll wash your face for you. No. The, the image Jesus uses here is gentle. It's not critical. It's not judgmental. It's, let me help you. Let me care for you. Not, I've washed my face and I can tell you how dirty yours is. But let me help you. I've been where you are. Let me walk with you. Let me give you some help. Let me be your support. That's what Jesus is saying in this. To help our neighbor, not jump on them, not criticize them but to clean them up. Not a pointing out of problems and leaving them to sort themselves out. You know, be no good saying, you've got tomato sauce all over your face, Johnny, and then walking off. If you've got a washcloth, 
you can help me with it. You can stand with me and clean me up. Jesus says, don't jump on your failures. It's an image of two people working together to get cleaned up. Yeah, would you agree? It's an image of two people stood alongside each other in order to clean each other up. Not point out the mud, not point out the stain, but to help and support one another. So sidekicks help. Sidekicks get themselves clean and help others do the same. Let's carry on. What does he say next in this manifesto for sidekicks, if you like? Matthew chapter 7 Verse 12 says this. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Here you go, everybody. You want to know how we should behave. Jesus says, here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. So if you hear nothing else this morning, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 in the message tells you what Jesus' rule of thumb is. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the prophets, and this is what you get. Jesus basically says the whole of the Old Testament almost is summed up in this one thing. Think of what you want doing for you, and then do it for everyone else. That's radical, isn't it? How many of us are being those sidekicks? How many of us, instead of doing that, sometimes sit there and go, I wish somebody would do this for me? Oh, I wish somebody, and maybe there are things we cannot do, we need help with. But actually, the first thing we're to do is think, what do I need? What would I like done for me? And then do it for others. Simple. And yet, so hard that we don't do it. It's simple, but so difficult. Because our brains get in the way sometimes, and we hold grudges. And Jesus here isn't just talking about our neighbors. Throughout, he says, love your enemies, even those who we struggle with. Help them. Stand alongside them. Help them out. Ask, you know, for the Americans in our congregation this morning, ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. That's what Jesus is saying. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. Remember, the church isn't the bricks, it isn't the lights, it isn't the chairs. The church is you and me. If you're in this room this morning, you are part of Spring Mountain Church. If you're in another church, you're part of the church. Ask not what my church can do for me, but what can I do for my church? Church is the people we need to be sidekicks to. Sidekicks to the king and sidekicks to one another. Support. Add up God's law and the prophets, and it points to this. Love, not loathe. Care, not criticize. What would you like doing for you? Then take the initiative. What would you like doing for you? Think for yourself. Don't wait for someone else to spring into action. As I read this, I thought about Jesus washing feet. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And they were probably all sitting there at the time going, I've come in here, nobody's washed my feet. It was important if you went to somebody's house that they cleaned your feet up. Your feet would be covered in all sorts of stuff, walking in open-toed sandals through dusty desert, camel-dropping, donkey-dropping roads. 
When you went into somebody's house, the first thing they should do at the minimum is to wash your feet or for the servants of the house to wash your feet. But who ends up doing it? Jesus. Because Jesus knew it needed doing. And he did it. Jesus took up the mantle of a servant. You might have heard a very famous story about four people. It's used schools, school staff rooms all over the country, I'm sure. But it says this. It's a story about four people named everyone, someone, anyone, and no one. Have you heard this one? Yeah? Well, I'll say it again. It's only short. There was an important job to be done, and everyone was sure that someone would do it. Anyone could have done it, but no one did it. Someone got angry about that because he thought that it was everyone's job. Everyone thought that anyone could do it, but no one realized that everyone wouldn't do it. It ended up that everyone was angry with someone because no one did what anyone could have done. Are you with me? It's confusing, but we know that actually we play probably all four parts of that story at some point. Sometimes we're the everyone that thinks, oh, everyone should do it. Sometimes we're the, the someone who thinks that, well, I thought everyone was going to do it. Craft cafes on what I thought everyone was going to volunteer. Yes. Sunday morning welcome team, I thought, oh, I thought someone else would do that. But wouldn't it be a shame if no one does it? The man who I copied this story off used to finish by saying, everyone, someone, anyone and no one don't work here. So I would say, anyone, everyone, someone and no one don't worship here. Because if you're a part of church, take responsibility and get it done. If you're a part of the body of Christ, play your part. Be the church. Does everyone, someone, anyone, and no one work where you do? Or do they worship in your church? Or do they part of your home? Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this. In the New Living Translation it says, For we are God's masterpiece. You can say that to yourselves this morning. I am God's masterpiece. Come on, everyone. I am God's masterpiece. Now say it as if you mean it, okay? I am God's masterpiece. Turn to, Chris turned to Temi then to show to her, I am God's masterpiece. He's, he's reaffirming himself with Temi. Look to the person near you. I know how uncomfortable some of you make you feel. Jake hates this. He's already told me. Turn to somebody near you and say, I am God's masterpiece. Yeah. Tim and Isabella are taking a bit far on this side over here, you know, having a bit of a cuddle while they do it, but hey. Ephesians 2.10, here is a memory verse for today to take away. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. Why? Because he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. If you were a Christian this morning, you are a new creation. The old is gone. It is past. The old you has gone. The old problems might still be with you, but you are a new person in them. The old sin that you've made, the mistakes you've made, they're gone. They're dealt with. The new has come. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why has he done that? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has got good things planned for us to do. 
and we need to do them. That is a command almost. That is a, that is a call to action. God has created you to be new, and he has given you good things to do. So if you're not doing them, look for what they are. Look for what they are. You know, many of us are wanting someone to do something for us, but actually he has prepared things for us to do. But Jesus had a warning for the people that thought being a sidekick was about knowing stuff. So far, Jesus says being a sidekick is living it. Don't act. Don't pretend. Don't just be a part-time armchair support. Be there. Then he says this. Chapter 7, start at verse 21. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgments, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bash the demons. Our God-sponsored project had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. That's quite sobering, isn't it? And uh, it did worry me that Jesus turned a little bit into Shania Twain for a moment and said, that don't impress me much. Those who are older, check it out on the internet. That don't impress me much. Jesus says, just pretending, saying the right words, looking good in front of other people, that don't impress me much. That doesn't do it. And actually... Knowing the passwords won't get you in. It won't get me anywhere. You know, passwords and pins, they protect our bank accounts. They protect our homes. They protect our, our savings. But isn't facial recognition becoming much more common? Yeah, would you agree? Yeah, all the devices now, you don't necessarily need a pin. You just show your face to them and they let you in. Okay, so ladies with makeup, make sure that you take a photo that's relatively normal. Otherwise, they might not let you in, okay? Don't ever do it first thing in the morning, because I'm guessing my morning face probably wouldn't let me in my iPad if I had facial recognition. But pin numbers are going out the window, but knowing what you look like is much more important. And this morning, God wants facial recognition, not passwords. God wants facial, facial recognition. He wants to know and see you face to face on a regular basis. Because do you know what? God knows what you look like inside and out. God knows who you are day to day. An act on a Sunday doesn't cut it with him. But he knows who you are when no one else is looking. Knowing the right words doesn't impress him. It's living it that counts. It's living it that counts. Here we come to the end. Matthew chapter 7. Verses 26 to 27 say this. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? You are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. It's great that you're here this morning. It's brilliant that you're here. If you come every week, it's great that you come. 
If you go to a house group, which we recommend everybody does, it's great that you connect on that level. Maybe you even read and study God's word every day. Maybe you're committed and faithful to spending time with him. But if you're not having that face-to-face time with Jesus, he might not recognize you. He might not recognize you. If we're not getting it to work into our lives, it's like building house on sand. Yeah, when you go and wash your hands, there might be, I don't know about you, but I've spent some time, well, not all of you, but I've spent some time in gents' toilets, okay? I'm hoping there's a few people here that haven't, okay? Ian's looking at me very confused. But there used to be the advert saying, are you a washer or are you a walker? Yeah, Meaning, do you wash your hands or do you just walk out? But even when you wash your hands, there's varying degrees that I've seen. There's people who just turn the tap on, sprinkle it on the hands and walk out. Is that doing the job? No. Some of you are shaking your heads in disgust. I think you'll find the beginning of this, this chapter talks about not jumping on other people's faults. But we'll leave you there. Okay. Sprinkling the water on your hands doesn't cut it. Maybe you squirt some of the soap on. But don't rub it in. Does that cut it? It doesn't make sense. Let alone doesn't cut it. But actually, if you go to the hospital, and I know we've got some doctors in here, there is a way of washing your hands that is thorough. Yeah? You squirt the soap on. You then do all this in between your fingers and up your wrists almost and everywhere else. Then you rinse it off. You work it in. Rachel's given me an example over there. Why do we do that? We do that because then the soap does its job. It works its way in and cleans us up. What about sun cream? You'd look a bit daft on holiday if you just got someone to squirt sun cream all over you and didn't rub it in, wouldn't you? But when you squirt it on and you rub it in, it works its way into the skin and it does the job. It protects and it turns you into a toned beauty. (laughs) Especially if you're like me. It's got to be worked deep into the skin to do its job. Jesus says the same thing here. Don't just come to church and let it sprinkle off you. It's got to be worked deep in. You've got to take it and do something with it. You've got to actually physically put it into practice. You've got to live it. You can't just sprinkle it on the surface and walk out. Because then you might still be carrying the stuff with you that you brought in. Jesus says, let it work deep. Don't just do Bible studies for Bible studies' sake, but act and live the way I want you to. So sidekicks are great to look at and hear about. You might think, well, I can't be a sidekick because I'm not great to look at. Jesus says, I'm God's masterpiece, created to do good works. When we apply the lessons we see in here, believe it or not, as sidekicks, we become more like the hero. If Robin watched Batman all the time and took on the lessons he saw and learned, he would become more like Batman. He would be less the support and more of an equal. We'll never be equal to God. But through Jesus, he sees us the same. He sees us as pure. Our decisions will become more like the master's choice. It says in that passage, our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. You know, God-sponsored projects just imply an outside funder, don't they? We don't want God-sponsored projects. We want an inside influence. God this morning wants to come and set you free. He wants to flood your life. He wants to fill you from top to bottom. Because if it's only superficial, 
that when the storms of life comes, the things will collapse around us. Life will send us screwing away. And at the end, it says this was the best teaching they had ever heard. It was apparent he was living everything he was saying. As we finish, sidekicks are authentic. They're real. Sometimes we make mistakes. I am far from perfect. I know that's a shock, Barry. I'm far from perfect. But sidekicks are authentic. They have no hidden agenda. They have no personal vendetta. They have no keeping cards close to their chests. They are living it out for him because of him and by his strength in us. And that's what God is calling us to this morning. Maybe there are some jaded sidekicks. Maybe there are storms causing us trouble. Maybe there's things hitting us hard at the moment that we're questioning. Listen to Jesus. Obedience is everything. What is required is serious obedience. And Jesus knows about obedience because it says that he was obedient even to death for you. He was obedient even to death on a cross for you and for me. He went there because it would save us. What do you want doing for you this morning? Do you want to be loved? He loves you. You want to be loved? Then love others first. Do you want to be saved? It's already been done. You just need to accept it. So to finish, to be, start, to be sorted with him, we need to start living it out. Stop the act. And we've already sung. I'm going to finish with these words. I've said finish a few times to give you a bit of hope this morning. We've sung these words a few times this morning. Whatever the cost... Whatever the price, whatever the sacrifice, I'll go where you call. I'll wait for you, Lord. Your presence is my reward. To be a sidekick that is really living it out, we need to fix our eyes on him. And we need to walk in his shoes. And we need to be obedient. Will we? Will we? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. And I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place, we won't just we, we won't just sprinkle water on our hands and life, but Father God, we will ask you to come and flood our hearts we ask you that we work these words deep within that we are obedient to what you ask that we are committed to who you are father god that we will be people of initiative that say whatever the cost i'll follow you jesus because it's worth it so father god i pray for those in this room right now who are going through storms and are struggling to handle them Father, I pray, Lord, that they will know your presence because your presence is our reward. Father, I pray, Lord, that each one of us will have more facial recognition with you, that we won't just be using words, but we'll have face-to-face -face encounters with the King on a regular daily basis. Father God, I pray for this church and your church across our town to be authentic and real, to be spirit-filled places 
where people's chains are broken, where others see sidekicks to the king. Father, I pray we will support and love one another in your name. Amen. The prayer team are going to be at the sides, maybe at the back if there's no room there, Raymond. If you want anyone to pray with you this morning as we worship, just go. You don't have to tell them why. They'll just pray. They'll listen to God on your behalf. But just go. Maybe you don't know Jesus this morning. Tell them you want, that you want to know Jesus. And they will lead you to say, accepting him. But this morning, don't leave here without receiving prayer, if that's what you need. And to be honest with you, every one of us do. <laughs> but God is stirring and if he's stirring you, then just take that step and be stood by a sidekick who can help with a washcloth and help.